Welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of Four Seasons in a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and this as a fifth season. Uh, today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 4 of Fringe, The Bullet That Saved the World. My name is Nick, and joining me today are Charlie and David. Hi, I'm Charlie. Hello, I'm David. Hey, David, I have a podcast title for you. What's the podcast title? The bullet that I wish was in my head instead of watching this season. <laughs> that's that's way too long of a walk, my dude. <laughs> it's a that's... it's a brisk jog to get there. Uh, uh. Before we get too far into the episode, as well, uh, congratulations! This is officially episode one hundred that we're recording Ooh. right now. We did it. Um, I also, mean, David, technically, that's a lie. It's episode ninety nine because of the joke episode sixty nine I did. <laughs> Yeah, but. For, so so David, for you, this is episode 100. Charlie and I are living in the past. This is only episode <laughs> 99 for us. You say this, but then doesn't that mean I get the actual episode? No, Charlie gets the actual episode 100. I do. Well, no. Does that mean David, I have to do something you just special? don't get an episode. You just don't get an episode 100. I got yeah, your I episode 100, and Charlie gets his and mine. <laughs> what? You got episode 69, so we had to take something away from you, and this was it. But I'm I'm here. <laughs> you didn't take it away from me. Ah, we took away the intro. Um, <laughs> and I guess that's all that we can do. <laughs> yep. Only took uh, us just over what twenty four days past a year to get to a hundred episodes. Yeah, just about. Looking I think. at the the upload dates in the OneDrive and uh, well, we 001 also one was uploaded January sixth, twenty twenty. We also took oh, like so a two month. years. Never mind, two years. We took a monthish to record that first uh, couple episodes, right? Yeah, we didn't actually yeah. release our first until March or something. Oh no, right? we released no? the first January first, nineteen. March is when we had to start paying oh, Podbean. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was what I forgot. I was like, March meant something to me. March uh, is the anniversary of our Podbean bill. <laughs> right. That's why March is what I always think of when I think of when did we start the podcast. Yeah. That was when I, that's when we started paying money. <laughs> wild uh, that we've been recording these for over two years. It really it's wild is. that we're entering Still the in end of this show. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> so many things have happened. Yeah. It, it, it's good that we've got this show as a like, hey, when we started this show, all of this stuff was happening. It's a weird time capsule of our lives. I know we it, keep saying this every week, but it really but is. It like it's it's just marveling back on it. Like I I think we recorded episode one before like pandemic, like the lockdown got issued. David, we recorded. David, we started recording these in January of 2020. That was when all that we knew were like wildfires and the chance that the U.S. was going to go to war because yeah. of that plane. Lockdown started in March, right? Yes, of 2020. Yes. For us. And people were so, joking about COVID well into February. Yeah, there's a solid two months worth of podcasts then that was before pandemic. That yeah. may very well have us be joking about COVID. 100%. We're at least at one point joking about it. There's no way that we're not. Man, that's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, what we have you like guys been up to? take this time to formally apologize for anything we may have said about COVID. Everyone, oh, has just... a pre- everyone has a pre-woke phase. Sometimes everyone just... has a pre-COVID woke phase as well. Also, just about COVID. Okay, I was about to fight you, and I'm like, I don't regret anything. Oh, I'm no, saying. no. I deliberately stand by everything else we have said on this show. 
until all of that ages like fine milk, um, we'll, you know, we'll get there. Yum. Delicious old milk, also um, known as cheese, if you do it properly. <laughs> nah, David, I'm talking about on a kitchen counter um, in the sun for two weeks. Uh, I've told this. Sto- I've told that story yeah, on this podcast. I know. It's, that's, that's why I feel okay saying it again. <laughs> What a what an idiot child comes home from a two weeks overseas and drinks a big glass of milk on a counter. Listen, David, I'm sure the milk fairy left it out for you. Like, what a moron of a child. Oh, it's okay. We all do stupid things as children. It's, it's you know, it's a part of life. You're still alive, and that's pretty good. Oh. oh. Stupid. And yeah. Anyways, Charlie, what have you been up to? Uh, packing. Yay. Why packing, are you packing? Because I get my house tomorrow. Why are you Hooray. getting a house? Because I'm an adult. I don't want to live in an apartment above youths anymore. <laughs> that's that's fair <laughs> enough. We were uh talking about it. I think in one of the Discord servers we're in with some uh. Oh yeah. Not even real, not I wouldn't say like real friends, because I've never met most of these people in real life. <laughs> My literal online first friends. introduction to half of them. Yeah, mm. online. Well, they're they're closer than online friends, though, because they're friends of friends, right? Like They're, they're Discord friends. Okay. Yeah. I think of yeah. online friends as people I've never met before in real life and also don't have any, any actual connection to, aside from we're online friends. So understandable. Yeah, because these people, like, there's a possibility I might meet them at some point. <laughs> I, literally, I literally met one of them. He, he, he stopped by my house one day. It was great. Yeah, right? And it wasn't like, oh, no, I need to call the police. <laughs> How did he fair. find out where I live? Yeah, that's fair. Like, some of my online friends, if they showed up at my house, they'd be like, oh, I need to call the police. How did you, how did this happen? <laughs> this is concerning. Like, they're cool people, but they should not be showing up at my door. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, but um, yeah, we were talking with them about Charlie's house and him buying. I'm like, yeah, Charlie's officially the most adult person in this <laughs> server now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a I had a fun um, moving from that to to my my stuff. My house has been getting shown for the last couple days, and I hate it like with like a fucking passion. <clears throat> um, I I have to especially during COVID, I have to lock myself in a room. Mm-hmm. Um. And then have people knock on the door, me have to like put on the mask, show the room around, answer some questions, and then have them leave. And I'm just stuck in here. Um, And it's like every half hour, people just come and do that for like three, so far three days straight. And it keeps going for another couple days. Jeez. It sucks. It sucks so much. Um, I had a uh, fun conversation with my parents where my parents were like, how much is that house again? Nah, we can't, we can't afford that. We can't, we can't go in, like go in and help you with the, with a down payment on that, on that. I'm like, guys, I don't have a job yet. I can't afford monthly payments on, you know, a mortgage yet. Also, I don't think you would want that house. That house has been lived no. in by students for like five, six, like for a number of years. A lot of years. Um, it would very much be an investment property. It would be that like, yep, let's you- just continue continue to try and rent this out and i'll live here until i don't want to rent a place out anymore and i guess i own two mortgages well i mean that's (laughs) how that works that's a that's a low number in this housing market god i (laughs) i hate that too um i think one of my favorite things so far is people coming through and wanting to get around uh having to assume me as a uh, tenant 
because my rent is so low. Um, so they're like asking like, oh, if there was like one renovation that had to happen down here, what would that be? Things like that. Um, <laughs> and you're and just like, going, there's no renovations required. And, and I kind of, I, I look at them and I'm like, I know exactly what you're doing. I hope you know this. <laughs> it's God. It's, it's so great. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been a fun time. Oh, and then on top of that um there's now also a cat in my house and yeah that's that is that is the correct response to the cat (laughs) who looks very cute Mm -hmm. and looks very energetic yep that's and that's what we'll say about that cat (laughs) (laughs) what have i been up to absolutely nothing Like, ab- just absolutely nothing. I think I someone... saw I saw a webcomic, I think, that describes your life, David, where it's two people saying oh. hi and one person Uh-oh. asking, what did you get up to this weekend? And the other person responding, why would you viciously attack me like this? <laughs> ah, perfect. <laughs> oh, no, did I cut out? You nah, did we cut got, out. We got most of it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure the edit for that will be fine. Uh. <laughs> it's okay, David. You just cut out what we said and you're good to go. And you cut out this as well. Why not? Yeah, uh, but I don't know how the Discord fucking time loop thing's going to sound on Charlie's end. <laughs> Beautiful cursed audio. Uh, yeah. We just uh, sync it up and hope it works. That's how we edit. <laughs> Speaking of hoping things work, take us episode? to the TV guide. All right, this uh, God. Sorry, we're saying that this TV guide works. All we're right, we're hoping it works. <laughs> the TV guide for this episode reads: The French team wonder if a recently resurfaced Broyles can be trusted when they find themselves in hostile territory. The answer is yes. Also, this is yes. Str- this Never is a question. Read up. This is straight up not what this episode. Yeah, about at that all. is not the plot. That's not even the B plot of this there, episode. It's not a plot. <laughs> they immediately trust him when they meet him. Like. Also, he isn't resurfacing. He's been there the entire time, we presume, running Fringe Division. <laughs> in the and me, Philip Broyles. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> old, old man Broyles is slaving away off screen because, you know, Lance Reddick didn't get screen time this season, it turns out. They're like, oh, we gotta put old man makeup on you? Fuck that. You're coming out like once every four episodes. And also in heavy shadow, so we don't have to put too much makeup on you. <laughs> yup. Because the one scene where he's outside, like under the bridge, like there's so much shadow, like you can barely tell who he's supposed to be. Listen, I, sometimes like, it's about figuring out how to obscure things so that you don't have to do terrible, terrible scenes. Uh, like what, what would the good TV guide for this be? Like the fringe team fights back against the observers using cases from their past? Something yes, like that. That would be. But, but even be then, closer. that's this, very ancillary. This, Which also. I, there, I have many thoughts about this episode. One of them yes. being that apparently I am of equal capability of writing as the Fringe staff. <laughs> this this episode sure doesn't feel like an episode. It feels a lot more like just what's going on. <laughs> it feels like a weird one RPG one shot. <laughs> yeah, it's got a bunch of little things that like don't really have a climax, and then a really weird ending. Wow, you described exactly the problem I have with the fucking Fetch Quest episode. <laughs> ah, the Fetch Quest episode's amazing, though, David. <laughs> Don't understand. Anyways, 
here we are in the episode. We start off, Peter's in like the post-apocalyptic streets. He's getting gas. Um, Siphoning gas off of a car. Which still have gas in them for some reason. That You know, gasoline goes bad. Like, it's yeah. not forever okay to just take out of a car that's been struck there for like 20 years. But whatever. Listen, listen, man. If I were looking to store some gasoline that I had, I wouldn't want to put it in gas tanks. That'd be way too easy for people to find. I'll put it in this car that definitely hasn't been running for a while. Hey, and you know what helps with preservatives? Sugar. You should put sugar in your gasoline. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, let's go to the closest thing to a pawn shop that I can think of. Um, It is just a pawn shop. It's called the Thrifty Mon because it's run by a Jamaican guy. And I love that. So do you think this guy ran it before invasion and still runs it? Or do you think he opened it up after invasion? (laughs) I like to think he's uh, completely unaware that an invasion has happened. Like no, he's just, just like, like man, there's some he's... weird bald dudes that come in and kind of read my mind every once in a while. It's fucking crazy. He's like, apparently I'm in the business sector now. Whatever. <laughs> some observers came by, read the sign outside, looked at him and went, hmm, this is thrifty. <laughs> they kind of they looked at the, they, well, no, they looked at the sign. They went, hmm. I don't think we're allowed to talk about this. This seems kind of racist. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this open. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> can you uh, imagine observers huddling around like, "Can we shut down that thrift store?" No, no, that would be a microaggression. <laughs> PR says no. We'll leave it up for now. We leave it up. We'll 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 make sure that it's uh you know producing a bunch of CO two for us. Um, I just uh, every time the observers are like around and being like fascist overlords and shit i just it hurts my brain because it's like you guys can time travel and have godlike powers why wouldn't you just time travel to the medieval times or some shit and declare yourselves gods <laughs> like but but david then the medieval peasants would just hit them in the head with a briefcase because you know they can't actually move that quickly apparently they have godlike powers but only when they want uh... <laughs> it's nonsense Anyways, um, but yeah, Peter, yeah, Peter. He's, brought, he's buying a new uh, necklace. Yeah, because um, we get a nice handy flashback to, uh, or is this in the previously of? Yeah, previously on, oh, where yeah. they show him melting the necklace down, and so he's buying a new chain for Etta, and the observers are like, oh, it will look nice on the blonde girl. Who is she? I'm reading your mind. Don't let me read your mind. How are you doing that? Okay, I'm going to follow Sox. you out now. Who are the Red Sox and what is baseball? <laughs> baseball hasn't been it's around just, since oh, you know, look, he he's took over. That sport, Peter was, that sport was lame. Not, now it's uh, baseball. He's trying to learn how to <laughs> block the, the reading, but he's not entirely successful. And he heads outside and the observers get some loyalists and he's like, something's wrong with him, arrest him. And so they've shown that the observers can react to a bullet being fired at them and catch that. Peter just spins around and hits him in the head with a briefcase. Mm-hmm. As you and do. Dude gets knocked out and Peter gets away, and I'm like, okay. Was that the observer or was that one of the loyalists? Nope, that was the nope, observer. That was an observer. This is um, a nonsense show. And I mean, they just, can teleport, and they, they don't teleport in front and stop him. 
you know. David, I like to believe that Peter was not thinking about hitting this guy in the face. It was a snap judgment. And the way that the observers are able to react is that they're able to look at people's thoughts and go, oh shit, he's about to do this. And then they do stuff. I would agree, except we've seen observers in the past react to snap judgments. <laughs> ah, not, not as snap <laughs> as Peter is. You do not understand how snap Peter is. <laughs> Other people have like an inkling of a thought one second before Peter, mind absolutely blank, thinking about baseball, and then just hits the guy. <laughs> Who is Randy Johnson, and why are you thinking of a pigeon? Oh my god, is that bird oak? Oh, it's a briefcase to my face. Exactly. What are pigeons? <laughs> no, they know what pigeons are. Pigeons still exist. Walter is very upset about that fact. Oh yeah, exactly. you're right, you're right lore um, right oh such such a good lore that's in the fifth season of friend mm, yummy such, yummy yummy let me slurp that down look at that tasty uh, just like world you wanna, just, just slurp that down with the sewage which is where peter's going here uh. <laughs> yeah peter jumps into the sewers and then two loyalists are like oh oh no he's at the sewers last time i went down to the sewers a rat bit me so i guess he's the rat just bite him and i'm like what the, what is this conversation who wrote these lines and then the observer, or then the loyalists have a much smarter idea, which is just you know toss a grenade down into your into the like you know like which, sewage system. Is it? That's the sewage system for the city. Uh... <sighs> I'm sure it's fine to toss observers an don't grenade shit. down there. <laughs> observers yeah. just shit on the ground, and then use science to vanish it later. <laughs> well, no, when they don't even this... shit on the ground. They just shit in their pants and then make it disappear. David, yeah. at what point did this podcast turn into a shit on J.K. Rowling's tweets? Uh, like when did jk week. rowling officially become a turf <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry when did she come out as a turf wasn't that pre- that's when well, it that happened was, that was pre-podcast so always i guess for <laughs> yeah. the podcast but at some point we brought it up and then we just continually make jokes i, I don't know when that was it's because she deserves it <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, Peter, like, I get so weirded out nowadays when people make Harry Potter references or anything, because all all I think is like, oh, turf J.K. Rowling. (laughs) I just need to immediately start shitting on her. Is my first instinct. Yeah, you you do not get to put yourself out there like that much, like with that strong opinions about shit, and not get shat on for it. Like, it's just it's it's very much just a shame because it's very much ruined to a to a certain extent. Um, books that I really enjoyed as a kid. Uh, you yeah. can you can still enjoy them as they are. It's just important to realize that supporting or helping them at this point in time also helps J.K. Rowling, and yeah. she's an absolute monster. So we can't do that. Yeah. But like stuff you already have, yeah, you already have it. Like that's fine. Yeah. Pirate or shit. Everyone pirate uh, that new Harry Potter game that's going to come out. <laughs> David, I'm concerned about these statements, mainly in case anything uh, big comes out of this. Okay, let us, let us rephrase. If you are unwilling to support J.K. Rowling or don't have the funds but still want to enjoy that new Harry Potter game coming out, you definitely should not Google Fit Girl Repacks. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. See, Charlie knows the correct way to do this. Listen, like if you if... don't agree with anyone's politics and you don't want to support them, but you still want to enjoy their uh, like things they make, just steal it. It's fine. <laughs> See, 
No, no, no. Charlize was okay. David, you've crossed the line again. Be don't gay, like do Van Gogh's, Didn't like Van Gogh's take on mental health and don't agree with self-mutilation? Steal Starry Night. No, just, just right-click it. Easy. Be gay and do crimes. <laughs> I will do one of those things. Which I think that it, used to be. I think that chant uh, originally comes from when like places outlawed being gay and stuff. Oh, so that's yes. where that comes from. <laughs> yes. But it's very funny to use nowadays. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Peter wakes up. Peter, wake up. Yeah, Peter I... wakes up covered in blood with just a weird, creepy ass kid playing the harmonica, poking him with a stick. Was, it doesn't get just, brought up ever again. Just Skyrim two, right? <laughs> I was so, so worried that this was going to be like the amnesia episode. I fully thought this was going to be Peter journeys with this harmonica playing boy through like apocalyptic city streets. Damn, that would have been so cool. It would have been, been a very different episode, but it would have been very cool. I want, I want to see them murder this child at the end to make it heart-wrenching. It would have been just, great. It's just a weird Fallout side quest that happens. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Better than that. I want them to find this child's missing parent. Only one parent is still alive, and then murder them in front of this child's eyes, just like Fringe likes to do. Uh. I want him to have found the par- the child's missing parent, and for it to be that one woman from episode one of Fringe that Peter talks to, who nice. warns him about Big Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. But no, the kid just plays his harmonica and fucks off. He's like, is that a real gun? Oh, anyways, I'm off. <laughs> My dead cool. parents said to stay away from real guns. My David. dad, Big Eddie, said not to talk to you. I'm Little Eddie. <laughs> yeah, David, so far this does read as, as a one-shot from you. Um, <laughs> a, smile, a small child approaches you, playing a flute. <laughs> what do you do? I kill the child. <laughs> like, fair enough. Should have seen that coming. <laughs> But um, yeah, Peter's nope. apparently okay. That's, and Peter has no problem making it back to the Harvard lab. He just yeah. waltz right on in. Walter bitches that Astrid's mining tapes out too slowly because, hey, Astrid got another tape. Yeah. And they play the tape. Okay, so this is... The... Weren't the tapes supposed to be hidden like around the city or something? I and think then we each were, tape... Uh, Walter didn't have time. Okay. To because go... it... It seems like they just went, that's a lot of writing. Fuck it. They're just all in the lab. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, we got to dig them out week by week. I really thought it was going to be. um, Because they also had a thing where they found one of the tapes, right? And they're like, this isn't tape one. This is tape five. Oh, and I you thought hit that was going to be. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be a bigger deal with them having to find them out of order, maybe. But. Nope, I guess. Okay, whatever. <laughs> All the tapes were just in the lab. They just ambered the lab to make it impossible for any addition, as evidenced by, you know, try and play the tape. <laughs> yep. And then shreds itself, but, oh, hey, Walter's cool, because he remembers where he hid these super secret plans. Hey, they gotta go underneath the, like a train station in Boston, because yeah. that's where Walter hid all his valuable comic books as a kid. Well, it's because exactly. it was his mom used to take him on, like, tours of the city or something and then he hid comic books there in the station he was afraid about people coming in like all and you know they they wouldn't go below them he wasn't scared of the mole people people. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's friends with the mole people. You know this. <laughs> he created the mole people. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, been hey, like, yeah. Sorry. Well, then say, the French team is like, okay, how are we going to go to the station to get the stuff? Because like, that's going to be heavily guarded. Like We can't just waltz right in. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure that part out later. Instead, let's cut to, look, it's sort of old Broyles. He's back. Um, and Winmark's killing it at Simon Says. Winmark is <laughs> a Simon Says god. Um, I also don't think Simon ever went that fast, but, you know. See, and this also plays into the they can't read intent, because there's no way they could read the intent from a random electronic board, and he's hitting all those buttons. It would have to be. Speed. It would have to well, be. He's reacting fast enough, right? But then also, well, why wouldn't well, you react no. fast enough to dodge a suitcase? Well, no, 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 no. What you don't realize is that Winmark has just been playing the Simon Says three days and is on three thousand of it. So he's just <laughs> pressing all the inputs right now while he waits for Broyles because Broyles was off fucking Nina days. Um, <laughs> that's why he looks so old. He's just dehydrated. Very, very dehydrated. Um, <laughs> no, this is alternate timeline. Nina and Broyles aren't fucking. <laughs> that's a shame. Um, but, like, that's why. It's not that the, like, Simon Says is going that fast or things. It's just he's just pr- doing the input for it. And then he has to wait two hours to get the, f- the next button to hit. Huh. Also, I guess something that never, they never brought up. Right? This is still alternate timeline world, right? Like, yep. where Peter never ah. existed and then he came back and then. Olivia got overwritten listen (laughs) David there were no other timelines September told us this this was his Olivia it's fine (laughs) we were told this already don't think about the fact that this is definitely an alternate timeline but wait hold on the observers at least the science team observers were aware of the fact that this is an altered timeline like someone like September removed Peter from it temporarily. Are these observers aware of that? And why doesn't Winmark recognize Peter? Surely he should know who the fringe team is. Why doesn't why listen, it makes zero sense that the observers are the bad guys because why did they do anything to help fringe team in the first four seasons of this show? Why the the, the observers being bad guys means that ZFT, William Bell and like fucking uh, R- David Robert Jones were all right, and we should have let them win. Like, yeah, the world would be so, in a better place if William Bell got to make Porcupine Person Paradise. Oh, that would have been great. Um, my my response to that is the observers help because they're like, ooh, these are our biggest competition. We'll just have Fringe Team take them out for us. <sighs> yeah, but then but, it makes Fringe Team look like dumb idiots. <laughs> like, listen, David, have have we not learned at least in the when are we going to get magic runes drawn on the ground, guys, <laughs> to God, stop the observers? I'm, I'm going to be Whenever so September sad, comes back, so he's just in a closet somewhere. Up fucking runes again. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> they're going to open a door in Harvard Lab one day, and there's just going to be September, and he's going to be like, hello, do you have I... any jalapenos? <laughs> I am quite famished. Please erase these chalk runes that are keeping me trapped in this circle. I'm a leprechaun. I mean, what? A member of the master race (laughs) held down by chalk. Where did you get um, this technology from? uh, Royals and Winmark have a conversation about who the fuck this Peter is and why does he exist. Um, Also, what what is the purpose of a necklace? 
Yeah, why why would you ever have a necklace? Well, I, I really like the and by like I mean um Windmark's entire just curiosity about him. why would anyone do anything? And it's like, ah yes, they're not but only it just, Nazis. It doesn't make sense. Nazis. Why are you wearing sense. clothes, Windmark? What's the function of those clothes? We've, we've seen observers at like brothels. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> they <laughs> get drunk mean? for fun on water. You don't understand what a necklace is? What? <laughs> Why do you wear that tie? It's Why the do same you all wear the same thing. hat? <laughs> listen, listen. They are making they are making Winmark into the robot one. Yeah, you know what I mean. By but this. he shouldn't be the robot one because before he was the sadist, where he's like, "Oh man, I'm real good with animals. People are just animals. Oh, I'm gonna torture Walter not because it's efficient, but because it's fun." Yeah, that doesn't even make sense for, for the character we've established in the previous four or five episodes that we've seen. Yeah, yeah there. <laughs> like it doesn't. Listen, I'm not disagreeing that this episode in particular is a bad episode. Uh... <laughs> it's just, it's just that they've given up on trying to like. It's because they know this is the end of Fringe, like this season. They're not even trying to maintain any continuity. They don't care. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Every um, scene is written as it's seen. Like it's oh not God. meant to be written. It's not written co- like smartly to connect to previous scenes or like to foreshadow. It, and if no. it's foreshadowing, it's not even foreshadowing. It's them telling you shit. Like how much they focused on this goddamn necklace and this goddamn yes. bullet this episode. Yep. Or hey, let's retcon the fact that Walter has been keeping every single fringe event in a hole underneath the lab yeah let's let's get to that yeah so yeah yeah, Broyles is there he's talking to Winmark Winmark's like hey I heard that uh there's been a break or something some sort of security issue I think one of your team members is a traitor and is working with the resistance like why didn't and Broyles is like what why didn't you tell me and Winmark's like exactly why didn't you tell me uh, well, or no. Something. When Mark, well, no. It was. It was. Why would? Why didn't you tell me? I would have done something about this. Like exactly. You might no, have no. done something. About no, 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 no. It was. Why didn't you tell me? When Mark goes the same question to you, and then Rose looks at him like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's the interaction because I think it's when Mark's supposed to being like, "Why aren't you better at your job? Like you should have known this before I did." I think uh, it's yes. supposed to be the implication, but it just sounds like some bullshit bad boss management. <laughs> hey, boss, I just got this notification about a security breach. Yeah, why didn't you tell me about that? But the notification came from you. <laughs> you like, told me about it. Like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Anyways, yep. Um, Edda puts the bullet that she has um onto the necklace new necklace that peter got her um and olivia's looking at the bullet and she they they joke hey that's the bullet that saved the world and edda tells this weird story about how she went to like the old house uh their old house um and like the, the place was ransacked and looted but she found like a matchbox and inside was a bullet so she decided to keep it because that's not fucked up well so yeah and we do have the we yeah we're in the lab like we're in the basement of the lab at this place as well yes and this Um, is where yeah they discuss how are we going to manage to get into the station in order to steal or get what is there walter's like ah we need to get to that dresser and astrid's like nothing inside the dresser would be good And he's like no i we need to get underneath the dresser and they lift up like a basement door that's always been there 
don't question it. <laughs> yep, that one. And they go inside to the basement of the lab, and yeah, it's like a trophy room. Something from every fringe uh, case they ever solved. Yup. Somehow, because he doesn't trust the government. But like, okay. <laughs> I, I swear to God, some of the ones they carted off. Yeah, like the porcupine man's here. <laughs> like, how did he get the porcupine man? Which is also like, which version of the porcupine man? Like, because in other universe, porcupine man broke through at the like checkpoint of like, or like a. What is it? Security station, right? Oh, the TSA gate? Yeah, TSA gate, Porcupine Man. Yeah. I don't... Who knows? <laughs> I don't... I just, they just needed some way for them to be like... Have the cool line of Walter saying like, Oh, it's time to create a few fringe events of our own. When they create like one. I was yeah. really expecting them to do what David did in the one shot and been like, here are all the fringe tools you've ever encountered. And they're like, hmm, let's load up on seal your face gas. Which, fair. That, Which that's a good one. Also horrific and also apparently works on observers. <laughs> don't, don't question that part. It's fine. Which so is... Does that confirm observers are, are people? It it it, it raises a lot of questions. Or do they just share the common biology to trigger that protein? It raises a lot of questions, and also, why the fuck would you not be using different like devices? Or there's so many choices, and you choose the war crime. Come on. <laughs> to be fair, even David. even when Mark is freaked out by this thing. <laughs> to be fair, it very much is an act of terror. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that's that's what they were going for here, right? Just an act yeah. of terror. Uh, yeah, they load up on gear. I think we get another short scene here with Etta and Olivia chatting or something. Yeah, well, that's when we get the... Well, so we... so We cut then, to an we interrogation. We cut back to Broyles and we get the interrogation. Uh, oh, okay. Where they get this guy on the weather, of all things, where they're like, oh, your graduation yeah, day from the gone. academy. What was the weather? And he's like, oh, it was nice and sunny. And they're like, it rained that day. You're a traitor. Couldn't Absolutely. he? Couldn't he have just said he forgot? <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, oh, a no, day that important? It's... He's like, not really that fucking important to me. Like, I, I honestly don't remember it. Read my memories. Look, I'm imagining it's sunny right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Memories aren't perfect. And <laughs> like, obviously, um, we're not all Olivia. <laughs> So they read his mind and they're like, oh, there's a mole called the dove. And Broyles immediately gets nervous. And you're like, oh, okay, he's the dove. Yep. <laughs> and it yeah. really seems like there there was some deleted buildup from that. Because the guy comes out and Broyles is like, that's the third time we've heard the name the dove. <laughs> and you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Well, it sounds like we should have been hearing about the dove in the previous three episodes. Yeah. Like, just some reference from Edda or something. Be like, oh, I got some info from the dove. It's our insider. Or anything. Or when, when she goes to the one resistant holdout where they're drinking to the dead guy and they're like, oh, we got some intel from the dove. Yeah. And maybe like, they did, but we just don't care enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. Uh, Observer uh, figures out at least so. Let's Let's send some people there. See if we can actually figure like, oh shit, the jig's up and Broyles can't even say what's gonna happen. Uh, except, except not because he... Broyles just walks out and sends a text on his phone, <laughs> which is not like, being watched worry. by anyone. What it's the Blackberry, fuck? Guys, so it's got real this. good security. 
Oh, he's sending it on Telegram. No one will get through. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Just fucking nonsense. And then he walks right by an observer and just gets in an elevator with him as well. Like... The absolute balls on this man. This this man has the largest balls you've ever. Um, it, it is a problem, and much needs to get it checked out. <laughs> they keep telling him, Broyles, that's not healthy. It's really not okay. Broyles, when we say you have enormous balls, it's not a compliment. It's a medical issue. You could die any day now. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, Edda gets a message, and she's like, oh, no, they're coming. What are we going to do? They're going to find out that we're here in the lab. Oh, well, good thing we have an easy two-minute solution for this, and I don't know why this scene even has to happen when the resolution is this. And it's let's, just, let's re-amber yeah. the lab and hide. <laughs> like, we don't even see, like, they're not even hidden, like, in a good place. Just Astrid comes out of a vent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful vent excuse you david we get a scene of bros with winmark watching like the loyalists bring it to the lab they walk into the lab and the one dude just takes a look around and goes huh it's just an ambered lab <laughs> just like we expected it would be <laughs> nothing's changed don't worry about how warm everything is in here for look, no apparent reason there's why dust are there every- footsteps on the there's ground dust everywhere except for these clear indications of recent activity and then then you're like maybe they'll know like people came in but it's still all amber so like they're not worried and like nope when it cuts to windmark going no one's been in that lab for years (laughs) like they don't have the tech to like do the guardians thing where it's like oh let's scan nothing and show you what happened 50 million years ago (laughs) nope none of that no, nope. and then they then they also decide not to put up any surveillance further in this lab. They just leave. Yeah, isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> they just leave, and they're like, "Man, that guy must have been able to tell us lies through our mind reading, and yeah, if obviously. he can do it, maybe other people can do it too." Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> I do love how he's like, hmm. he's like the read we got off that guy was deceptive, and Bros is like, "I thought that was impossible." And when Mark kind of goes like the audacity on this motherfucker right here, he's like, oh, this one could, the blonde <laughs> girl, maybe she taught others, I guess. Also, Bro's why like, is it God still just the blonde it. girl? Why don't they have records of who she is? She worked for Fringe Division. <laughs> like, Who cares? <sighs> That's I, I guess maybe Broyles, vibe. Broyles protected her, despite the fact that she has had a face-to-face meeting with Winmark in the past and he i think called her out by name yep anyways who cares about that so they manage to get out and they're like all right it's time to fuck off fuck up some people and get what we need to get the geneva convention let's light that shit on fire Geneva was invaded and destroyed 20 years ago. Geneva doesn't exist anymore, so we don't have to follow any of those conventions. None of that Swiss nonsense bullshit. (laughs) Actually, no, Switzerland's doing just fine. They're just neutral on everything. (laughs) The The observers showed showed up. up. There were already observers there. (laughs) 
Well, no, the observers showed up. They were like, damn, when they said well-armed militia, we did not think it was this, all right? <laughs> this has got the states beat, I guess. <laughs> uh. well, the observers showed up and just all of the male population shaved their heads and pretended to be observers. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and the observers were like, oh, I guess we already conquered this place. Oh, it's just uh, everything is in control here. And they're like, mm-hmm, yep. Okay, we'll leave. But yeah, they they pull up at a checkpoint and Walter's driving and they're like, oh, we need to see your papers. He's like, oh, sorry, I got quite lost. Like, I need some help. And the observer there, instead of reading Walter's mind and being like, hey, he's crazy. Maybe you should kill him or arrest him. Goes, oh, I'll handle this. Tasers him. And Walter's like, oh, you electrocuted me. That's fun. Walter does not react at all, (laughs) which is like, wow, okay. And then Walter, some shit. Walter reaches in the back seat, pulls on a gas mask, and sprays them both with the makes your skin grow overall orifices gas. Which is not okay. Not nope. okay. What are you talking about, David? This is completely okay. Also, also goddamn, okay. that observer is very dead now. The Fringepedia says, assuring immediate death by suffocation. There is nothing immediate about death, death by suffocation. Yep, nothing immediate <laughs> about that at all. It is long and drawn out. <laughs> Especially suffocation through lack of oxygen. Like, yeah. most of the time when someone get, is getting choked to death, it's because they're cutting off blood flow. <laughs> yeah, no, this that, is just like, ew. So This is drowning without the water. So how, how quickly after having that done to you would, like, you expect these people to just shoot themselves in the head? Like, immediately. Like, just, just straight up immediately, right? Like, it's like, my, my skin has grown over my face. I am, like, please put me out of my misery. I, I think with the sheer panic, I don't think you have the... the you don't have the mental mind. capability to do that. And then also, as you start losing the oxygen and stuff, your brain capacity goes down. Fair enough. It's, it like, this is the worst thing Fringe has come up with. This is literally, yeah, this is literally the worst way to die, I think, in Fringe. <laughs> like... Like, you can be eviscerated by monsters, you can have your spinal fluid drank by some hot vampire that turns uh, December into June, (laughs) but, like, this is, this is bad. This is actual torture. This is worse than the angel device. Like, this or the having your your alternate universe self-appearing on you or something, like, that's really bad as well. Any of the body horror shit. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, they all start kind of, the whole fringe team shows up and they keep shooting grenades and they make their way down to the subway tunnel. And also, it's just that gas. They use no other previous yeah. fringe element. Like, yes. I thought it was going to be more than one. I thought it was gonna, at least going to be multiples or like interesting uses of previous ones. Nope, it's just that gas. And then guns. Mm, like, they come up and they shoot an observer. And again, it's just, uh, I do love how the solution to shooting observers is to shoot them faster. <laughs> like so that's stupid. that's a Dragon Ball Z solution where it's like, oh, we can't we can't beat these guys. Oh, what if we punch them harder? It's not, it's like, man, we just invented guns that are faster the other day. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you think all guns are the same speed? Beautiful. <laughs> it's Thank before you, before the twenty first century or the twenty second century. All guns had a maximum speed of this. <laughs> but that also means the observers can move faster than like the speed of sound without creating their own shockwaves which but is listen it's just technology 
<laughs> they have runes tattooed on themselves <laughs> that let them go fast. Oh my god, the loyalist tattoos are actually runes. Oh my god. <laughs> the loyalist tattoos it. are uh. some magic science runes. Uh. Anyhow, yeah, they get the they get the thing and they they drive away. It's just a big old tube. But oh, one of one of the loyalists managed to attack a tracking device to the car. Ooh, Ooh, and no no one notices. And it really feels like this should have been done as some kind of like is broils to be trusted thing, but no, they figure it out fucking immediately. And the fringe team is bad at their job. <laughs> Cause they don't notice it, even though it is blinking red. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, they were getting the thrill of committing their crimes. You, you know, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you lose sight of what's important. Like the the person who had their orifices all disappeared, sticking a tracker onto your Yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so they drive under a bridge they pull out the big tube they got they pull out the tube they're like oh it's just full of equations it's and walter's math. like i don't understand what this says it's like greek to me but i do understand greek so i guess it's like turmeric tum- a different like aramaic but he's like but i do Tumeric. actually understand some <laughs> aramaic turmeric yeah turmeric to me it's all turmeric i also can't speak spice <laughs> i can speak a little cane pepper <laughs> no you can't david you literally can't i like cane pepper better <laughs> What language did you speak? English, French, cane. They're like anyway. cane pepper or cane sugar, and they're like pepper. So, oh no, uh, Nick, no. I, come on, Charlie. You and I both know. They're doing some chats <laughs> or some shit, and then they're like, "All right, we gotta go. It's time for us to go." And but then also, Ed is like, "No, wait, I got someone who wants to meet us." At the, at which point, Boyle steps out. Olivia almost breaks into tears. Says Philip, and they and they embrace. You know, yeah. the fringe team being very afraid about if they can trust the recently resurfaced Broyles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed a scene where it's just Broyles. I think right after the oh yeah before Olivia. this, where he pulls out like an old photo out of his wallet that's just Olivia <laughs> and Peter, and I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then he scratches out Peter's face and puts crosses on the eyes. <laughs> Soon she'll be all mine again. Can, can, can I point out how fucking weird it would be if a boss had just a photo of two of his co-workers? You know, years later, he was like, oh, I look at these as if they were my children. Not my actual children. Fuck those. Yeah, not his actual wife and child, which he had. <laughs> you know Broyles, who made sure he had nothing but basically a, a good working relationship with them? Like he was always a consummate he was professional. Super professional, and he he had favorites, but he never really let it affect his work that much, unless he was been, sure they were right. It would have been way funnier if he pulled it out and it was just Lincoln and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I would accept Charlie, and he's like, he's like these are he's who like I'm my doing boy. it for. <laughs> he's like my boy. He's gone. They, he's gone. But if only you were here, you Charlie, you would have saved this. But yeah, Broyles comes up, tearful reunion, and he's like, oh, look at all this cool shit I got for you. And they're like, antimatter batons? I hope that God doesn't damn. blow up a building later. 
Ooh. And See, then no foreshadowing. Start... Them just telling you. <laughs> yeah. And people start shooting at them. They're like, oh, my God, how'd they find us? And the camera kind of cuts to Broyles. Like, oh, what if he's the traitor? And Olivia's like, oh, there must have been a tracker. And I'm like, okay. I no, guess we're we, done with you that. You missed the one moment where an observer shows up and Broyles is like, ha, huh, I got, don't worry, I got oh. them. And then he shoots the observer and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> observer couldn't read his intent, clearly. Once, once again, what the Fringe team has learned how to do is just make the most snap, dis- snap judgments. Er- I mean, in, in that defense, Broyles does say, oh, your kid taught me how to uh, block them from reading my yes. thoughts. It exactly. did take him a year. Hey, maybe the TV guide person just saw that scene where Broyles goes, don't worry, I got them. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wrote the TV guide based entirely off that. Like he saw the five seconds when that's enough. <laughs> do, you, do, you think, do you think the TV guide person just like randomly skips throughout the episode and like watches about three minutes of the entire episode? Oh, 100%. Goes, All right, I got it. 100%. <laughs> Do they even mm. watch the shows? Or does TV Guide even write those? Or do they get someone from Fox to issue I, them? I have to assume that someone from Fringe wrote the TV Guide. But then that makes no sense because of how shit they are. Exactly. And how wrong they David, are occasionally. But David, you've seen Fringe. the writing quality on Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. If there's anything I've learned from reading fan fiction and watching a lot of network TV... Some people are writers who shouldn't be, and some people aren't writers who should be. Both of those. So anyways, the fringe team, they all scatter like kids being caught by the police for drinking underage. <laughs> Royals gets in the car and drives off. And then they're like, all right, we gotta, we, we gotta get out of here. And then they get chased by the fringe team. By observers and by the, the observers, um, yeah. <laughs> the fringe team gets chased by the fringe team. <laughs> by the observers equivalent of the fringe team, and I guess some loyalists. Loyalists. Well, no, oh, it's the also... observers equivalent of the SS. That's yeah, fair. <laughs> they also give the equation to Broyles, and they're like, "Protect this. It's our plan, or something." Protect the protect the plan at all costs. But why does You're it need to be? Why does it need to be protected? Surely Olivia has it memorized. <laughs> nah. So that's gonna hundred percent gonna be a plot point. They're gonna lose. So they're gonna lose it, and then Olivia's gonna be like, "Oh, I remember it." I'd be so upset. Calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they get tracked to like a warehouse or some shit, and then they have like a cool fight scene. Which again, Fringe is never great at action scenes. Why are we doing this? I guess. Ah. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it, David. I guess it's 24 fine. ended or something, and they needed to fill that action slot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and then they get split up, and then Etta gets caught by Winmark, and she tries to fight, and Winmark's like, oh, here's the necklace. Why would you have this? <gasps> Love. Truly something we've never encountered before, except for that one observer who died because of it. Anyways... <laughs> Did he still die in this universe? Remember how big of a deal it was for him to die? And like that was the reason why they couldn't kill that girl anymore. Oh, yeah, because now she's important. She became important. The first reason why an observer died or something. And in this episode alone, we see like seven observers die. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's 
What a beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> hey, but David, the simple explanation for that is so anyway, Winmark grabs the necklace off Etta <laughs> and is like, oh, it was for you. I finally pieced this shit together. I'm a genius detective. Call me Sherlock Holmes because I, I got this. <laughs> All right, then- but I need... I need to know more. Oh, shit, wait, you're that guy's daughter? Fuck, all right, that's kind of weird. And then does a genuine, like, shocking thing until you remember this is fringe and probably won't stick. Um, And if it does, it's actually a bad decision by the show. Uh, He shoots Etta, like, twice in the stomach. And I, um, until Etta comes back, I am right. (laughs) No, uh, Until she comes back. Charlie is correct in that this is a bullshit thing she's gonna come back and if she doesn't come back that's even more stupid because then this is Fringe killing the most interesting character of the season (laughs) straight up killing the most interesting person which is so sad it's so upsetting like she is 100% the most interesting character we've seen in this season and I understand so so here's, here's my bet I'm thinking that they're doing this purely for the drama of, all right, we killed the child. We talked about the troubles that Peter and Olivia went through before um, when they lost their child. Now you guys get to see it. So what bullshit science are they going to explain for that bullet, like reviving Etta or some shit? Like, (laughs) I I think you're on the money earlier when you were like, there's Cortexafan on that bullet. Well, I think it's going to be a thing where, like, oh, she's your child when you were being doped up with a Cortexer fan, right? Yeah, so, maybe. Yeah. I don't. I, we'll see. It'll be Cortexer fan and like Enphilocyte are all going to play into this. Well, I, also, also turn you into a wood creature or carbon creature. Um, rocks. Yeah. Yeah, it's something. I don't. I don't know. We don't know yet, but it's going to happen. We know that. Yeah. And I um, genuinely thought, because she's like, oh, you guys got to get out of here. And she p- opens her jacket, and you see like a grenade counting down. I was like, oh, she's going to amber herself. That's what I thought it sit. was going to be. I genuinely thought, because my girlfriend was like, oh, my God, are they killing her off? I'm like, no, she's going to amber herself. And then the antibatter <laughs> grenade goes off, and you're like, oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, also, fucking Winmark leaves. Just like, okay, kill done. Time for me to go. Don't gotta look for anyone else. And then Peter, Olivia, and Walter manage to come back. They watch her dying deaths. She sets off the antimatter grenades, so they run away. And then, um, like the a bunch of other observers and lawyers come back to confirm the dead body or something. Well, no, no, because they're like, oh, we searched the other two warehouses, can't find them. And Winmark is like, love, they'll go back for her. <laughs> God damn, who could have seen this coming? And then he goes up and they're like, no, you fucking moron, you were wrong. And he's like, the necklace, they took it, they were here. Oh, fuck, there's a grenade. If this was a briefcase, I'd be dead right now, but I can (laughs) teleport. (laughs) And he's okay, despite having three seconds to register that that's an antimatter grenade. And also, Uh, no intent there. And who is he reading the intent of, Nick? (laughs) He's reading the intent of the still slightly alive, but she's, she's dead. so close she's to death dead. that she's lost the ability to mask her thoughts at a... She's, she's either dead or unconscious at this point, my dude. Nah. Listen, <laughs> and I've, def- I've figured definitely out, I've would figured not out be how thinking. this works. Definitely. I have solved it. It's done. Um. <laughs> oh, man. 
you you're on whatever copium the writers of Fringe were on while writing <laughs> exactly. this episode. Listen, should, should we come I have up with an, the problems? Should we come up with a new plot hole each week and Nick has to explain it away? <laughs> I am so down to have to fucking try and explain away shit like this. It's gonna go great. I'm just so angry. <laughs> it's like. I feel like a lot of the times when they do like a reboot or like they try to recreate something that you loved in the past, people are like, oh, yeah, but it doesn't like just because they're making something new that doesn't take away from like what you loved before. Right. Like you can still. Go oh, no, it 100 percent does. But in this case, no, no, it ruins the previous <laughs> like literally every episode of season five ruins previous episodes of Fringe. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to like pull white tulip into this somehow. Like I'm gonna be so upset if they pull Oh, if they take my fucking time travel to like time travel into the past <laughs> to fix it and they're gonna go like steal away that man's time travel, that's gonna be very upsetting. Well now that's hundred percent what they're gonna do. You know well, that, right? Gonna like... Find a white tulip and be like, oh fucking bullshit. I hate white tulips I now. I always have. They've never <laughs> had any significance to me ever. And then, and then he looks in the camera and goes, boom, third timeline, bitch. <laughs> oh. What a beautiful one. Are we angry people? No, we're manifesting our destiny. Exactly. <laughs> Is that a reference to the next episode? Being complete I, dog shit? I really hope that the next episode has some bullshit related to manifest destiny because um, there's uh, we'll we'll get there if it is next step like next episode. But I feel like I found a next episode clue. Um, <laughs> I really hope it's not because then they only have it for this episode, or they've had it for previous episodes and no one's found them, <laughs> and everyone gave up. Um, and it was us, and you got to go make. We got to bring back Fringepedia or something because you got to put that I gotta down somewhere. I got to bring back Fringepedia to find it. I'm gonna go to the next episode and see if they have a next episode clue. If not, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, Cipher. Oh, yes, uh, those still exist. Wound, because Edda gets shot in the stomach and bleeds out and dies. It's not really a wound. Bang. That's just a killing blow. <laughs> It's a wound that turns into a killing blow. Okay, the wound that is left in Edda's absence in Peter and Olivia's lives. Who the fuck cares? Listen, you don't have to to defend it. You're not Nick. This isn't your job. Oh, that's true. The Observer is shooting Edda in the stomach to add (laughs) drama to a season that needed no more drama. I would have never guessed. Why are we still doing that segment? Because we need to know where the observer is, David. We don't really want we don't break format. I want there to be an episode with no obvious observers, just because I think that'd be really funny at this point. Just for us to have to actually hunt down an observer (laughs) sighting for some reason. (laughs) Shit! I know there's one in here. Where is it? The observer sighting section is actually gone from this Fringepedia page, too. Exactly. Yeah, because why? <laughs> it's just a list of every observer, like a timestamp for all their appearances. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Episode ratings. Uh, what did we think about this episode, friends? As right. a reminder, as- this is your rating as if it is a Fringe spinoff show. Um. And then you're rating as if this was an episode in season five, as it unfortunately is. <laughs> um, all right. Episode episode rating as if um, I'm going to start off with the this is a part of the fringe like se- a season five, not a spinoff. Yep. Um, 
I'm gonna probably put this one at a solid like one and a half. It's Oh my god. It, it Charlie, it doesn't have redeeming qualities. And <laughs> they they try and bring up old fringe events. They do it in a bad way, and there's there's straight up no payoff from it. Like we get the payoff of oh my god, we found another part of the plan. But that's it. And it's like, all right, we, we've started per, com, like committing war crimes. We are now the bad people. I understand that, you know, we're part of the resistance and you gotta, gotta make sacrifices to your morality and things like that. It's just, it doesn't feel like, it just doesn't feel good. It's, it's fun to have those fringe elements back, but it kind of feels like they've like ruined parts of previous seasons now with just this episode. They've tainted um, it with season five stink. There's, ah, uh, and okay, like, it's, it was, I, I was g- genuinely surprised when they just straight up murdered Etta. That was, she's not you know, dead. well done on that part. Zero percent um, chance she's dead. <laughs> but now I'm going to keep saying she's, she's dead. I gotta, I gotta stick by my calls at this point. And now I've found one that I can actually stick with. It's gonna be so funny if they like murder Astrid in two episodes and I just get to live <laughs> with that one instead. They bring back Etta, but kill Astrid. <laughs> I would be genuinely upset if they killed off Astrid. <laughs> They fool William Bellet. Jetta comes back in Astra's body. <laughs> oh yes. But then still talks like Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> For no reason. Um so 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 yeah. And then stands that's... in front of a mirror and hits on herself in Astrid's body. Nice. And then she just hits a bell for some reason and goes, Yep, that's right. <laughs> Um, all right, as as a spin-off show, this is still like a two. It's really not a very good episode. Like, the pacing of this episode is so fucked. Um, like, I understand you're trying to bring some plot elements together, but like, episode fours of Fringe have been good episodes in previous seasons, and this one is not. Like, episode, episode four is normally the conclusion of their first arc in previous, previous seasons. It's not happening here. Um, I there's understand no... this is something entirely different, but there's, <laughs> there's no payoff. That's there's because no, there's, there's, there's no, no individual plot arcs in this season. It's just one long plot arc that's bad. <laughs> and, and this episode feels like filler more than the rest. It feels like it was like, all right, we got to add some other stuff into it while we go and do our fetch quest for the episode. But also our fetch quest only takes like 10 minutes. No, it's, the problem is the overarching plot for this season is just a fetch quest. Like, that's what they set up, is like, hey, we have and blah number if- of tapes that will lead us to the plan, and then once we have the plan, we win. And that's all it is. Like, there's and- no stakes other than do they get what the item, like. And listen, the fringe, like, the fringe writers made one massive mistake. Fetch quests are fine, but you gotta have Sam Weiss in there. There's no <laughs> Sam Weiss <laughs> Sam Weiss. <laughs> fucking bullshit sam weiss so so yeah i'm gonna give this like a two as like yeah a new or like a spinoff genuinely think aside from bound that might be nick's lowest rating of any episode to date this this one's bad this this one's just bad and oh anyways all right it's charlie yeah it is just a bad episode i don't (laughs) I don't know what more we can say other than it's a bad episode with shit pacing. Like, I have to look up how was this episode received now if we're all going to shit on it. Because, well, because that usually means it well was received. very well received. Dude, oh, are you kidding me? People are going to jack off all over this episode because they killed off Henrietta. Exactly. 
Let me look it up. And and they're going to be like, oh my god, they brought back like previous fringe elements, and it's got some like fringe in it again. Mm, beautiful. Oh episode. man, it was so it was so dramatic and cool when Walter said, "Let's create fringe elements of our own." That, that was but, so badass. But, but, this but has also, an eight point eight rating on IMDb. Yeah, it got God. an eight minus from the AV Club and eight point five from IGN. God, Dave, why are we? Why are we just the opposite? Because <laughs> we're I don't cultured. Someone uh, gave I... this a ten out of ten. This is not a ten out of ten. This is a shit episode. Anyways, number ratings. I don't think uh, you did them, Charlie. Uh, like one in one. Like I, I don't know what to do with this. Damn. Like it's, it's just bad. With like, there's no character drama anymore. The character drama we had, well, there will be. They'll shoehorn it in. The character drama before we had was Peter and Olivia trying to figure out what their relationship is while trying to form a new relationship with their recently reunited daughter. And Etta figuring out where her place is with her parents whilst trying to save the world. And then they just removed the most interesting <laughs> character drama from that triangle and killed her off. And now we're back to angsty Peter, angsty Olivia. And it's just... <laughs> I don't like it. Yep. Just bite it. Yep. All right. My rating is going to be a little shockingly different from you guys. Because I five think and five, I'm entering it now. <laughs> as season five, definitely shit a one. Um, as a spinoff, I think this is like a three point five. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. If you treat this episode Damn. just as itself in this season, it's a cool action set piece. One of the main characters dies unexpectedly, and hey cool weird technology that comes from their previous adventures that's cool wish we knew more about that maybe that'll be a spinoff one day Fucking okay you've already. you've convinced me i'm going up to a 1.5 on the spinoff <laughs> Just, I, I still think this actively fails from a story perspective to be entertaining in any sense i i as as previous like probably no <laughs> cool my action set pieces Got to admit about that. Uh, to uh, let me finish my review by stealing the end of someone else's review. This episode pulls out stops we never knew existed until now. It is all falling into place. I feel somehow we are chasing a MacGuffin of gargantuan Hitchcockian design. With three more episodes in this role, perhaps we shall see the impossibilities are endless. And then he links to his blog spot. What a piece of shit. <laughs> he has two X's in oh my god, his entire thing reads like a gamer tag. Alright, don't don't read that yep, out. Yep. Let's yep. not. Yep, we're good. Alright, that will bring us to the end of this episode of Four Seasons and a Funeral. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked this episode of Fringe, what the fuck? <laughs> you probably Fair like enough. bound. <laughs> You probably like Bound. Why are you still listening to our podcast? Go fucking interact with us on. If you want to defend J.K. Rowling, even though she's a turf, also also stop listening to this podcast. We don't need you. Um, uh, if you're none of those terrible things and you're a good person, even if you're an okay person, that's fine. We'll welcome you here um, at Forsaf because I think deep down we're all okay people. 
Um, and if you think that, you can give us a like or subscribe or a review on your podcasting service of choice. Um, feel free to reach out to us on our Twitter at Forsaf or send us an email at forsaf at gmail.com. Um, as always, thank you all so much for listening. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.